Soul Talk Podcast is your guide to all things wellness. On this podcast, you'll find many episodes with the scope and focus on health, wellness, and life. Welcome to episode 22 with Carrie McDonnell. So in this episode, Carrie and I talk about the powers of the mind and Carrie was interested in the powers of the mind way back to, as she says, when she had Barbies lined up on her bed <laughs> in her pretend school. So um, yeah, it's interesting to see how Carrie's passions from shows literally no age have developed into the, the role that she plays now in the world and teaching this stuff. Um, for the past three years, Carrie has been learning and teaching about the powers of the mind and she is also a trained consultant with Proctor Gallagher Institute. So she's currently coaching people through the Thinking Into Results program, which she talks quite a bit about in this episode. And we also, in this episode, talk about all things the mind really, how it works, law of attraction um, and there's lots of things that we spoke about after this episode where we were kicking ourselves that we didn't talk about it on the episode um, but I hope that this uh, this episode gives you an insight into the mind and uh, thinking into results and Carrie's work and thanks for being here, I hope you enjoy. Okay, so Carrie, welcome. Thanks, Carla. Thanks for coming on. No, here, I'm delighted. I, honest to God, I am so delighted and humbled that you'd even ask me. Not at to all. Come on, seriously, You're amazing. And I'm excited and, you know, yes, so thank you. Well, so actually, I was thank at your, you. um, no, thank you. I was at your seminar, at, when was that? February. February, was it? Yeah. And, yeah. but we'd already said that we would do an episode together anyway, way before yeah. that, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but your episode was fast, your your episode, your workshop, um, your seminar was fascinating and we're going to really dive into that today okay. um, and talk about like self-image and all your sensey bits and all okay. the bits and bobs. Um, so tell me first, just to get started, a bit about yourself, what you do, you know, you're, you do all your Bob Proctor uh, work and all that. So yeah. give us a, an overview of what that all means. Okay. So do you want to be back, background history, Jimmy? Oh yeah, defo. So, um, yes, I'm a Bob Proctor consultant, but obviously didn't start there. So I'm still currently working part-time my job as a classroom assistant in a special needs school mm -hmm. but this is actually my last year mm -hmm. Carla you're getting an exclusive here <laughs> <laughs> first time interview <laughs> first time interview um yes because I'm actually leaving and you know maybe people will find out through your podcast because I haven't even really told anybody um I'm leaving then this is gonna I'm just gonna see the summer out and I won't be coming back in September mm -hmm. um and I'll go into that I'll go into why I'm doing that um but yes, so I have been a, a class. My most of my work experience is within the education sector. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what my degree's in. I'm finishing up my degree here next month, and wow, have these four years been wild! Um, very very grateful. I got the opportunity to do the degree. It's in ed it's a primary education degree. Um, I will never ever put myself through that again mm -hmm. because I understand why you go to eighteen and get a degree. You see, when you're a mummy, you have two children, you're working, trying to start a business and do a degree and still do your normal things like around your house. Burn out. It's crazy. I would mm. never, ever advise anybody to do it when they have yeah. so many responsibilities. Mm. Um, so I just can't wait. I feel like I'm a prisoner at the minute, but also <laughs> grateful, you know. I'm sitting like a bloody moan. A grateful prisoner. A, gr a grateful prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like I was among there because I was like, Karen, everybody's away over Easter and I'm sitting here oh, on the laptop. No. But I'm nearly there. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Good. But anyway, yes, so I, this work, I was thinking about this the other week and I thought, oh my God, my obsession about the mind spans back way further than I even thought, mm -hmm. right? I remember buying books about the power of your mind when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. It was something that was always inside me that was calling me to want to know more. I was really, always really hungry for it. 
But then I was thinking, I actually remember sitting on my bed as a child thinking about manifestations because I remember thinking about something out of the Bible or something. Um, it was something to do with, you know, asking you shall receive. Something like that anyway. And I remember trying to process that as a child. And I was young because I had my Barbies on bed. That's how young I was. <laughs> and I thought, God, I, I have been thinking this a, a long time. Mm-hmm. But obviously my fascination has got deeper and more serious. You know, what were you thinking about on the bed with the manifestations? Like I was what? thinking about, okay, um, I wonder, right, okay, I was testing God. Right. right. In my wee child mind, I was thinking, okay, God, you're saying if I ask and I'll receive, right, we'll put a big red car outside my door. <laughs> wow. I swear to God, and I looked at it and I was like, no, it didn't work. So like, <laughs> even questioning that and, you know, trying to process what does that mean? So, um, yes, so that as time went on, the, the fascination became really like a part of me and I was just always hungry for this type of work. So I don't believe, there's no such thing as luck and there's no such thing as, you know, flukes, okay? I really believe you'll always be in the right place at the right time. And I was when this conversation happened in work. It was actually in my friend's room where she does literacy. And she had said about her, her sister is into this guy who looks at the science behind meditation and he's called Joe Spenza. And right away, my brain picked up and I thought, I want to know more, more about this. Who is he? It was something in me just wanted to know more. So, of course, I found Joe's work and I was hooked. I mean, hook, line, sinker, in love. <laughs> oh, my God, he's speaking my language. I'm such a left-brainer. I need science. I need evidence. I need proof to mm-hmm. back up what we're saying here. I'm working on the right side of the brain. Um, more love and heart-centered stuff. <laughs> working on that. <laughs> but, yes, so I got into Joe's work, read all his books. I actually went to one of his workshops in Edinburgh, me and a couple of friends travelled over and it was for a weekend and I mean it literally changed my life. You mentioned him the first time we ever had coffee together, remember? Yes, I, oh my god Carla, I, only I had children, I would, didn't even want them home from Edinburgh, I thought <laughs> I don't want to come home. I it just, it was like 2,000 people all meditating together mm. and it was a real full on weekend of, you know, talking or him teaching us and, you know, putting it into practice through the meditation. So, when I came home, that was sort of the journey of a transformation then for me. And I felt like I was an open wound. Like if you just think of a big gash in your arm and it's totally open, that's the way I felt. I felt so allergic to people and their bullshit. Wow. Right? Now I'm not judging, it's not like that I'm judging people. I just knew I cannot be around bullshitters anymore. Mm-hmm. I really quit. I come home and I remember Karen phoning me. Me and Karen didn't even live together at that time. I remember Karen ringing me and saying, um, how was it? And I just cried. I thought, I don't even know who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. Because it literally made me question everything that I believed in. Is that even true? Where did that come from? Because it turns out that most of our beliefs aren't true. They're not They're not based on any solid foundation. But we go through our life. Our life reflects our beliefs. Things that really aren't even true. Most things. Mm-hmm. So that was the start of the journey for me that I thought, right, I felt like I was in a cocoon, you know, like a butterfly goes into the cocoon. And the fact that, I mean, even the next weekend, I was meant to go to Liverpool with my friends and paid for it all and I couldn't go. I mm-hmm. thought, I, I cried. I was like, I, I just can't be around. I can't be around anybody. <laughs> and see to the outside world. I'm laughing, but like, it's just because I can resonate with stuff like that. And yeah. I think it's class. <laughs> but here, to the outside world, Carla, it would look like I was having a breakdown. Oh, totally. Right? But I, I felt like I was in this bubble. And I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to see anybody. But it was lovely. It was it was so pacifying. And it was comforting. And I know that was healing for me. That was part of the healing. Because of my past. Of what I had been through. You know, marriage breaking down. And having to go back home and live with my parents. With two children. And I'll not go into all that. But it was traumatic. Mm-hmm. It was probably the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to me. And humiliating you know mm-hmm. being literally in the gutter I thought that was my lowest point so after that it was a few years of just trauma and just you know heartache and drama and all this shit so the Joe Dispenza thing was like a oh, this mm-hmm. is like a savior to me and um the work then that I started practicing was then the start of my transformation now it's not to say you're always going to go through your life transforming in some yeah. way but for this part of my life, this was the healing part coming. So um, 
that went on for a while, very weepy and crying and but soothing also. And um, releasing. Releasing, just mm-hmm. releasing the trauma of the past. Yeah. And the hurt and guilt and shame and all the yucky crap that we feel. Mm-hmm. Um so that was the start of it. So, you know, Karen was in my life and I'll not go too deep into the relationship with Karen, but when I met Karen, I that's when I was in a really bad place. Karen wasn't in a good place either. So these two people meet and of course the relationship was toxic. Mm-hmm. It was toxic, the relationship, I'll be honest, and it wasn't good. When it was good, it was amazing. And when it was bad, it was bad. So this went on for a few years and that's then when I went to the, the weekend, that's then when things started changing. So for the year, I always knew I had this connection with Karen, and I just always wanted it to work out. I didn't know why, because I was like, we don't even get on with each other. Mm-hmm. But there was something deep in there that was like magnetic. I thought, I just kind of like can't be like away from him. So I always try to make the relationship work. Always trying to, like if he does this and we can work it out and just, just always trying to force it. And then through Joe Dispenza's work, I realized, no, you don't, you have to let go of forcing and controlling and trying to predict it, right? So it was a few months after the workshop and I we had went on holiday and it just wasn't very good, just arguing and stuff. And I remember coming up from the holiday and I, I just went, you know what, I give up. Mm-hmm. And then that's where I surrendered. And I mean, I first time ever surrendered until anything, I gave up emotionally, physically, everything. I just went, okay, God, it's over to you. If he's meant to be in my life, then you'll work it out. And if he's not, then he'll leave. But I literally surrendered. Mm-hmm. And do you see within two weeks, me and Kieran were living together. Wow. So I, so that's, I can, I have experienced this work of when you put it into practice, this is what can happen. Mm-hmm. That's like jumping off the cliff. See, when you jump off the cliff into the unknown, that is where Joe Spence always says that when he jumped into the unknown, it has never let him down. Mm-hmm. And it's scary because we like to know. The brain likes to know what's coming. It likes to be able to predict. That is a survival mechanism built into us because it's, like I said, it's for survival. So we always like to know. We always like to stay in the comfort zone because it'll keep us safe. Mm-hmm. Even if the comfort zone is not good for us. This is like, you know, you get people who stay in toxic relationships or stay in crappy jobs they really don't want to be in. Um, it's because they would rather cling on to being able to know mm-hmm. than take a chance or a risk and step into the unknown and see if something better comes along. Yeah, and so talk to me a wee bit about control in that in yeah. that sense. So like, I mean, it's it's clinging to safety and security and and stuff, but it's just being trying to control everything. Yeah. That's what it's controlled. Is what it sounds like to me, is yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. If you're trying to control anything, it's it's fear. Fear yeah. causes that to happen. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to control, you know, a situation mm-hmm. or a person or anything in your life, it's because you're afraid and you want to stay in the known. It's all about staying comfort in the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So with the whole Karen fella, it was always trying to. But if I, if I, if 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 he just does things my way, this would mm-hmm. be an amazing relationship. And I'm thinking. Who the hell am I to tell anybody to do anything? <laughs> Even my partner. No, Carrie, that's not the way it works. So what happened was we we lived, we moved in together and then that's where the relationship was really solidified because we, were, we made a commitment to each other mm-hmm. because beforehand it was like, oh, you go off to your place and I'll go to my place and it's mm-hmm. easier to break up because you, you both have your own places. So we were really serious about each other and then over then, them couple of years, <clears throat> What happened was how our relationship then has absolute. It's like night and day, right? It is night and day. And how that happened is we didn't work on our relationship. We worked on ourselves. Mm. And that's the key. I would rather die than spend the rest of my life working on a relationship. I know. Seriously, I just think there's nothing more soul destroying. Mm-hmm. Because you're either meant to be together or you're not. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm working on me. And Kieran worked on himself. Mm-hmm. And the, and in our case, it's not going to be the case for everybody. Some people are better off apart. Yeah. But in our case, it was it brought us so much closer. And I mean, it, I look back at little diaries that I would have wrote and stuff. And it's like, oh, all that stuff's came true. Mm-hmm. All that stuff about relationships. So I have just the experience of putting into practice this knowledge. And then actually have the results 
you know, to yep. back up that it, it works. In my case, it was a relationship. Yeah. Now I'm working on my business mm-hmm. because I always knew this. This is my passion. I want to. I I know I'm a teacher at heart, but not a teacher in a school. Yeah. Because for me and teachers, listen, that's where all my experience is in schools. Teachers and classroom assistants. I can't even begin to describe the work that they do is just so especially classroom assistants i've Mm. always been a classroom assistant so undervalued and so underpaid and not Mm. by teachers by the government yeah you know i was thinking this yesterday i thought how much you get paid in a job is in direct relation to how much you're valued Mm -hmm. and classroom assistants are not valued very much by the government even though they are playing such a central role in shaping children's lives and Mm -hmm. their identities and their self-esteem, their self-image. And they can pay buttons. I thought, no, something about that has to happen. But I didn't want to work in a school because I don't really believe in the system. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm I'm separating teachers' work here. I'm not talking about teachers' work, what to do. I'm talking about the system. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I can't do... even though I didn't know that years ago, I remember my friend saying, you should do your teaching certificate. I always just knew I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why. I know why now. I just knew the f- my gut to say no. Yeah. Okay. But so it's, I don't want to teach something that I am It's not real about. to you. It's not. Yeah. It really isn't. And even my own girls, you know, my girls are so smart and they're top groups and all that. Dirt. I don't care about a lot of nonsense, but... What I say to them is, especially the my oldest girl who's in first year and she's coming in and with her test results, and I'm thinking, I don't care. They're just numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, she's getting A's and B's all over the place. But I used to keep saying to them, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. It's about the effort. Yeah. Because you need effort when you, you go into whatever area of work mm-hmm. you, you're going to do when you're older. Um. So it's those kind of things that I try to instill in them. I don't want them to, you know, be so bogged down by a grade yeah exactly and that all forms part of your self image yeah because when you look at um you know a child gets a report card the teacher sees whatever grade they have on that and they then link that to how they see that child Mm -hmm. either that child's smart or they're not yeah or they're a messer or they're this or whatever Mm -hmm. so this is all because of a, a test yeah or a grade and it's and then the parents also some parents probably so you know subconsciously unconsciously um are also giving the kids a really hard time as well yeah you need to do this more, yeah you need to do that and that their they their perception then of the child is based on a grade yeah and do you know what like um i slightly off topic but I see it all the time um, and I think it happens to probably 90% or more of the population. You're forced almost into uh, doing your university degree or whatever job that you go into based on what your parents think and where your parents force you to go and what your teachers say. So, you know, like what, how much money you can earn, you know, all is here. But what about what you truly, truly love? Yeah. Like what you absolutely, truly love. So I send you about the artist way. So it tells you to like go back and look at like old, like school stuff and all that there. Well, I think it did anyway. Yeah. I was in one of the chapters and I, I did. And um, I found that I was best at English and um, that was my highest grades and best like school reports and stuff. And I was yeah. thinking why did I not go and do an English degree and like, you know, whatever, um, or like literature or creative writing or yeah. something. And um, I know why now, because I've had these conversations with my uh, teachers and parents. Yeah. Sure, what can you do with that? Uh, I can be happy. <laughs> uh, what can you do with Oh my God. You, you know? See, this is the thing. So you're, yeah. we're then shaped, we then make choices based on mm-hmm. other people's perceptions of us, other yeah. people's beliefs, other mm-hmm. people's limitations. Yeah. You know, and this is, I think even, you know, teach, the, oh, sorry, I, I went off topic there. I'll tell you how then I get into the Bob Proctor work. Yeah. So Cairn then on his journey found Bob Proctor. Bob right. Proctor talks about money and being rich, but he talks about rich in all areas of your life, mm-hmm. you're rich in health and love 
and everything. Yeah. So he was fascinated by Bob and then the both of us then, I mean, we sit at the weekends watching this stuff. We don't even watch TV. Amazing. I wouldn't even know what a TV channel is anymore. <laughs> we literally, when I say we live and breathe this work, yeah. we literally sit and, I mean, there's my book sitting right beside me, Think and Grow Rich. Um, <laughs> if we're sitting here and we're not watching stuff about Bob Proctor and Joe Dispenza, we're talking about it. It's yeah. always part of our conversation now. And um, it's Karen Demon on his journey. And the, even the change in Karen's personality, I'm thinking, oh my God, like he's just so, such an amazing man. And he, so I always wanted to teach this work, but I noticed that there was a gap in the market. I knew Mm -hmm. there was a gap somewhere among all this work because there's so much information, right? Mm -hmm. But, okay, so the self-help industry is booming, okay? Mm -hmm. And why it's booming is because we love buying these books and then we read a book and we put it away on the shelf and we never read it again, then Mm -hmm. we go buy another one. Yeah. Right. So all we're doing is gathering more and more knowledge, and that's what we do throughout school. But um, we were saying there about the stick person. For visual purposes, I will post up a picture on my Instagram of the stick person. Mm-hmm. I can also email any of your listeners uh, some pictures of what the stick person means, so that they understand what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. If they want the the visual image of that. Yeah. So the stick person, if you think of just a big circle split in half and that's two parts of the mind Mm -hmm. the top parts the conscious mind the bottom parts the subconscious mind the conscious mind is what we call the thinking mind okay so when you think things you're using your conscious part of your mind it's also the educated mind so all the knowledge that we gather through school is all stored in the conscious part of the mind when you read a book that's where the knowledge is stored okay so but this the conscious mind only runs five percent of your life Okay, so 5% of your life is run by the conscious mind, which is your education and all the knowledge you have. So it really, the more knowledge you gather does not mean your life's going to change. I am proof of that because I couldn't tell you how many books I've read over the mm-hmm. years. Love, I love reading, but it didn't really change anything in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the subconscious part of the mind, the bottom part, is the boss. Okay, that is such a powerful powerful machine and it's amazing just even to discover what that does for us the subconscious part of the mind runs your whole body does all the things you don't even have to think about like breathing and digesting your food and uh, pumping your heart and pumping blood through your body all the things that you don't have to think about Mm -hmm. the subconscious mind the subconscious mind is 95 percent runs 95 percent of your life so in the subconscious mind we have programs which are called a paradigm so a paradigm is just a multitude of habits and beliefs okay and that is what is dictating your life so it doesn't matter if I read a book about being a millionaire unless I have a paradigm a program in my subconscious mind that is in reflection of being a millionaire I won't be one just Mm -hmm. because I read a book about one it doesn't mean if I watch a video on YouTube about being a millionaire I won't be one unless I have a program okay mm-hmm. so our our paradigms i'll call it a paradigm because it's the same as a program yeah our paradigm how one is formed is if you think of that circle that i said but just half a circle and there's no there's no um it's just a half a circle that would be like a baby's mind no way they say a baby's mind is like a sponge mm-hmm. so from the age of not to seven so the last trimester in the womb up to the age of seven a baby's mind a child's mind is totally open they only have a subconscious mind and even the, from they're in the womb even from they're in the womb so, so does that mean like conversations that you're having everything so everything the mother feels in that pregnancy the baby feels it wow yeah that's the so mother's nice. upset the baby feels it chemically mm. the baby will feel it isn't that so sad it will sad when you know some mothers are going through something traumatic you know yeah. they have a traumatic pregnancy maybe they don't have a supportive partner maybe yeah. they're they're stressed out paying their bills all that there so that baby's feeling all that and it's contributing to this paradigm into that subconscious program mm-hmm. um so when up to the age of seven then so everything the baby sees hears experiences witnesses everything they take that as gospel Mm-hmm. Right, they don't have the ability to filter out what's true and what's not true. They don't have analytic, anal- 
an analytical mind. They don't have conscious thinking. So that's then. So if you just think of an open half a circle, it's, it's open and everything's getting dumped in there. And mm-hmm. that baby then takes it on as their self-image. And that's who they believe they are. Okay, so for example, if you say you're a bad boy, mm-hmm. you're bad. They take that on in their self-esteem as I'm bad. Yeah. Okay. And then that lines them up with the law of attraction. I'll go into that um, shortly. Uh, and then they, they, they attract things into their life that will keep confirming and making them believe that they're bad. And that might be relationships. It might be a partner that treats them bad. It might be a job that doesn't really value them very much because they believe they're bad. Mm. Now, that's just one example. But this is where I think it's so important for pe- people need this information, especially, you know, pregnant women and, you know, new parents that they mm. know the influence they have in shaping this child's paradigm. Yeah. Because that is the blueprint of their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So come the age of seven, they start developing the analytical mind. The subconscious starts closing over and then they develop conscious thinking. I can't stop thinking about my nephew the whole time you're talking about all this. Cause he's, Good. He's coming 11 this year, but I mean, he's just a wee person. He's so funny and he's, but he's, he's very, um, he's like, he's very intu- like intuitive and very, yeah. um, sorry, inquisitive. Inquisitive, yeah. Um, you know, and he'd be a wee worrier, like. Yeah. I mean, he, for an example, he'd be in my apartment and if I'm cooking and the handle of the pot is facing out the way, He's like telling me to put it in and cause it's gonna fall over and like yeah. you know, he's really, really like but he's playful and he's fun yeah. as well. But yeah. he's he, he's so um he's just so thoughtful, you know, we'd be really well, in his he head. Like that. Yeah. That's his parents. Is this your brother or your Yeah your brother's child? Yeah. So he is being shaped like that. So mm. this is why, you know, each every single person is so unique this is why first mm-hmm. of all we can't compare ourselves to other people because yeah. no one has your paradigm it's mm-hmm. ridiculous to compare yourself to anybody it's ridiculous to ever want to be like anybody else mm-hmm. of course there's people who inspire you and go oh, they really inspire me i would like to be more like them as in their actions mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but you can never be anybody else you're not meant to be anybody else and it's ridiculous that we would ever spend our time worrying about why do i not look like that mm-hmm. why do i not have this house or her money or whatever and we all do it yes let's talk about that actually media. when we come to self-image yes. um but Sorry, I interrupted you. So you were saying at seven, you form your analytical mind. Yes. So the the subconscious then start the door to the subconscious starts closing over. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the paradigm is already shaped. Okay. So that's where all the 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 child's beliefs of how they the world that they think works that uh, that door to that is shut off. Okay. Is that something to do with your your pineal gland and your frontal cortex? Do you do yes any? the frontal frontal lobe? Yes, that's yeah. your creative center. Now that's the CEO. That's mm-hmm. Joe Dispenza would call that the CEO, and it actually takes a forty percent of our whole brain. Forty mm. percent of the brain is actually the frontal cortex. Yeah, the pineal gland is your Wi-Fi signal. We'll <laughs> come to that in a minute. Okay. Um. So I mean, it's just amazing. This work is so amazing. I'm so intrigued just sitting here. Seriously. And this is why I'm thinking we never learned this in school. And it's a crime. I think it is a crime that our kids are not taught about this. And last year in my uni work, I actually wrote an essay on this before I even really knew too much about, you know, the education system. Uh, I was writing an essay about how neoliberalism, Mm -hmm. you know, it is designed to not they don't want to teach our kids this. And again, I'm not talking about teachers here. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the system. Yeah, yeah. Our children are purposely not taught this because when you're taught this information, you are powerful. When you have the information and you know you can do something with this, mm-hmm. you become unstoppable. You mm-hmm. are unlimited. You are a powerful being. Um, so our system is designed to keep us on the lower rungs of the ladder. Mm-hmm. shape is to work in the market force and work in the marketplace that's you know we're going through 18 years of school to regurgitate facts okay and we leave school and do you know about yourself no no who even knows about themselves and they leave school no exactly. one you know maybe if a, 
a, a shape will tessel it or I would say this to my girls I don't care what an isosceles triangle is unless you're going to be a joiner or <laughs> or a tailor or something who cares it's just so much nonsense honestly mm-hmm. so much nonsense but rant over about that so this is then <laughs> after the age of seven you know the child can start um there's no children gonna be listening to this is there <laughs> I that? Uh, no definitely not I, I don't think i have any children um fans of the podcast <laughs> so this is after the age of seven and beyond that they start questioning things go mm, is this true is it true and then santa they figure out about santa um so after the age of seven so the thing is if you want to change your life yeah it has you have to get into the subconscious part of your mind Uh not the conscious part okay so the conscious is Mm. your books and watching videos won't change okay you need to change the paradigm okay in the subconscious mind in the subconscious mind so the subconscious mind closes at seven yes roughly and then it's conscious yeah okay the, the subconscious is running the part the program always runs mm-hmm. but unfortunately most of us have stuff in there that is limiting to us okay mm-hmm. so there's great things in the paradigm you have a paradigm for walking it's anything you can do automatically without even thinking about it so you can just get up right now and walk out to my kitchen without thinking you have a paradigm for walking okay you have a paradigm for driving your car mm-hmm. okay there are things in there though that are limiting because of what we've experienced in our environment Okay, so again, we are not blaming our parents and saying, oh, here, what part end do you give me? No. <laughs> That's the question I would ask my yeah. mummy to be fair. <laughs> what were you talking about 1986? I want to know. <laughs> the questions I asked my mummy about my childhood are ridiculous. She just slags me. No, I love it. I love it. Come back to the hotel. My mummy can't remember anything. It was, like, it was five of us. And she was like, I don't know. Everything's recorded. Like your first tooth and all. She doesn't remember anything. So... <laughs> So, um, uh, what was I saying there? So, we have paradigms that are really amazing. Or, you know, parts of the paradigm are really amazing. Because you wouldn't want to get up every day and have to learn how to walk again. Okay? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. we don't want to get in and wipe the paradigm. It's, you know, it's like wiping your computer. Yeah. We don't want to wipe it. But we want to get into the parts that, like I said, keep us stuck. Okay? So, mm-hmm. for example, your self-image mm-hmm. is in your paradigm. Mm-hmm. And your self-image dictates your life. You cannot outperform your self-image, okay? Your self-image is just who you think you are. So your self-image is beyond what you think you look like or how you Absolutely. feel about what you look like? Uh, your self-image determines your standards. Okay. Your standards, whether you're in a like a relationship. What yeah. kind of standards you have in your relationship? Mm-hmm. That is dictated by your self-image. And again, remember, self-image is in the paradigm. Your discipline do you have discipline in certain areas of your life that is in your self-image self-image is also in relation to the size you are the weight you are what size of clothes you were the 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 state of your health and how much money ask yourself how much money you've earned a year mm-hmm. and whatever your peak is that's what your self-image is set to so i like to say to people and bob proctor uses this all the time if you think of your thermostat we are heating. My mine's is set to twenty five. So if, for example, my door opened and the the house got cold, the furnace. I don't even know how thermostat works, <laughs> but the thermos, the thermostat or the furnace or whatever will heat up. Yeah. Heat my house back up to twenty five degrees. It right. won't go to twenty four and it won't go to twenty six. It goes to twenty five and then it shuts off. Mm-hmm. So there's a cybernetic mechanism in your thermostat. Okay, it's the same thing in an airplane. If, for example. It's like the automatic pilot on a plane. So say, for example, the plane's leaving Belfast and it's going to New York. It has the destination. But during the trip, the plane does go off of course. But the cybernetic mechanism course corrects and brings the plane back in line to get it in line with the destination of New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why is all that relevant? Well, that's what your self-image is like. Okay. Right. Your self-image is a cybernetic mechanism. Okay. And it's set. To whatever it is, like I said, all them things in your life, how much you've earned, what size you are, your health and all that. Mm-hmm. So this is why it's so important to get this word out uh, and this work because so many women, especially uh, when it comes to the way they look, mm-hmm. they think we are so conditioned to thinking that we need to change our lives based on our five senses. 
everything we everything that's outside of us that's the old model that joe dispenza talks about that's cause and effect okay that's the old model and it's outdated and it's now we are they've turned it around that science shows that when we do this work we are now causing an effect okay how you cause an effect in your life is we go inside okay so on the outside for example a girl say she's a size 18 i don't like talking about weight and size not i have no interest but i know it's a, a common thing among mm-hmm. women that they want to be a certain size or weight whatever so let's take a girl for example who's a size 18 okay and she thinks okay what do i need to do on the outside of me to get me to a size 10 okay so she thinks i'm gonna go to the gym i'm gonna jump on the treadmill and run till I throw up I'm going to starve myself. I'll do a dad. I'll do a water fast, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the old model of cause and effect. Okay. That is going down that road. You're just going to go through a lot of pain and misery. And if you get any results at all, usually they're temporary. Mm-hmm. That's what you call treating symptoms. Okay. You think you have to do something on the outside to change. Okay. So this girl who's the eight, size 18, like the plane leaving Belfast it goes off track so she might lose a few pounds but the cybernetic mechanism the self-image is so powerful and it will say hey no 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 your self-image is aligned to be a size 18 you're not a size 10 so we're going to pay the pounds back on and mm-hmm. we're going to get you back in line the self-image is, is to keep you comfortable the paradigm wants to keep you comfortable it doesn't like you changing mm-hmm. because like I said it's a built-in mechanism for safety we yeah. want to keep you safe. We want to keep you that you just can predict everything in your life to keep you safe. So this is why so many women get frustrated and go, why can I not get this weight off? And, you know, just tell your listeners are one thing they should never say is lose weight. Yes, she the said that lose. in the workshop. Yeah. The mind, the brain does not like to lose on anything. If you really must even talk about your weight, um, you should say release. Okay, mm-hmm. you release it. So um, that's so her, her self-image We'll just make her pile of pounds back on to get her back in line with the cybernetic mechanism. We'll get you back in line to be the size 18. Mm-hmm. So this is this is where the work that I do is I help people then go inside and we get to the root cause. Okay. I am mm-hmm. not interested anymore in wasting people's time about read this book, do this, do that. That's why on my program, Thinking in the Results, it's it's from Bob Proctor and Sandy Gallagher. This is actually now where you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. No more talking about it. Okay. Yeah. We're, I'm just, I don't want to waste people's time. Mm. I want to help people get results in their life. So it's the same for people who um, like hate their job, get a new job, think it's amazing. And then they're, what's that word? That word? Pardon? No, I let like that brings you back right back your cybernetic mechanism cybernetic mechanism brings you back to hating your boss hating your job yes hating getting up for work every day and you just go through that constant cycle Cycle. of hating work hating what you do being miserable um what other examples can we think of well it's the same with money says for example someone says I want to earn like a million pound this year. Okay, well, what's the most you've ever earned? 25 grand. Mm. Okay, well, you, you might earn a bit more than that. But if you do, your partner will just bring you back to mm-hmm. making you earn the 25. Did I say 25 grand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the partner will just bring you back to making the 25 grand because you're not aligned to be, you don't have a self-image of a millionaire. Mm-hmm. And self-image, we have two self-images, okay? One is your internal and one is your external. But it's the internal one that is the boss okay that's the boss so it doesn't matter what you look like it doesn't matter what you do on the outside it's mm. not going to make you this or that or whatever it is you're hoping to get so hi now that we've like established that we have different paradigms and programs and yeah. you know where it comes from it comes from the the like conscious subconscious years. mind yeah. in the first seven years and yeah and all that um and we've talked a lot about, you know, the, the, we'll constantly be pulled back by our paradigms. Absolutely. How can we change them? 
Okay, so this is where I came in. This is the one this I'm going to spend. Your business. This is my business. This is what I'm going to spend the rest of my life doing. And it's called teaching. Remind. Well, my business name is Remind. And the reason I called it that is because it's regarding the mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's also to the, the purpose of the program is when you're changing your self-image, okay, you're getting up every day and you're going to do the work of, if you if you come on the program with me, okay, and it's to always, you're constantly needing to remind yourself every day of the new person that you want to be, okay, mm-hmm. so this goes through so deep and, you know, the, the program is literally a step-by-step formula, it's a process, it has proven to work. People all over the world use this program, and that's the only reason that I can stand by even getting myself involved in this. Mm-hmm. Because me myself, I have read the books for years. It didn't change anything in my life. It didn't make me more wealthy. It didn't make me have higher self esteem just because I read a book about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was always a missing gap there. And when I came across, so like I said, Karen was in the, the Bob Proctor work, and then the opportunity to come up come up to train as a consultant and that's what I've been doing ever since so the that's when I realized there is such a gap here because there's no one really holding your hand to take you through a process mm-hmm. okay so like I says you can there's loads of free stuff on YouTube but unless you have a plan of exactly what you have to be doing step by step mm-hmm. that's what I do in my coaching program thinking and the results is 12 modules and it lasts for six months. Okay? okay. So for me, I have been asked to do, you know, some wee, like, courses here, there and everywhere, like, once a week for four weeks or something. I don't really know if I want to do that, only because it's a waste of time. Okay? Mm. To change a paradigm, you need to be, first of all, you need the right knowledge. Okay? You can't change a paradigm if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And also, to change a paradigm takes a commitment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to do that on your own, I would say be nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's two ways to change a paradigm because after the the age of seven, how do we get in there? It, for example, you have a paradigm for driving. You didn't drive before the age of seven. How did you get your driving license? You get in the car every day or every time you get in, and you practice again and again and again. So there's two ways, like I said, to get in and change the paradigm. One, well, I know now there's scientists coming up with these different ways, you know, like these new uh, scientific ways to get in quicker and stuff. I don't oh, know really? nothing about right, those, okay. yes. And I, I am going to go down that road at some point, um, you know, in the future to, you know, keep up skilling myself. But there's two main ways. One, an emotional impact. And I told you this in the seminar, emotional impact mostly is a very negative experience. Yeah. Okay. An emotional impact would be changing your life because something traumatic's happened. Something traumatic, like you get news you've got cancer. Yeah. You have a heart attack, you survive, and then you change your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, or a death in in your family. Yeah. It alters you so much you don't even know you can't even be the same person anymore. Yeah. You're altered chemically, emotionally, everything that it just changes who you are. Yeah. Well, you hear a lot of stories like that. Yeah. It's amazing. It's absolutely class. Yeah. Um, But obviously very traumatic but, as yeah. well. So this yeah. is the thing. Why would anybody want to wait until a tragedy strikes them before mm-hmm. they want to change? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the other way to get into the party or into the subconscious mind is constant space repetition. Like getting your driving license. You had to take the action and practice it over and over and over again mm-hmm. it's like Tiger Woods wouldn't be number one golfer in the world if he didn't get on if he lay in his bed and just thought about it mm-hmm. and went oh I want to be um, the best golfer and he'd get out onto the green and he'd practice the swing again and again and again mm-hmm. so that's how we get in there but it doesn't have to be a drag it can, it's amazing this work is absolutely amazing so like I said changing the paradigm is almost I would say impossible if you don't know the information you need the right information mm-hmm. and also coming on to the thinking in the results program you're gonna be accountable to yourself mm-hmm. you have to show up you're gonna show up because you've invested in yourself first of all yeah there's so many psychological you know reasons behind investing in yourself because we don't take anything serious that we get for free yeah. You do not value the, the, the free things in life. Totally. You really don't. Like if no. you look in your cupboard 
in your wardrobe and you've a dress that's £200 and one and a fiver, you know you look at the one 200 with love in your eyes. Okay, <laughs> and you go, oh, I love that one. And you feel better or something because yeah. you've spent more on it. Yeah. So there's lots of reasons why when you invest in yourself, you will take it serious and mm-hmm. you will show up because you have to show up. You mm-hmm. have to show up in order to be able to, you know, to do this work and get in there to the party and put anything in there you want. Yeah. Any, I mean, we all measure success differently. Mm-hmm. Your idea of success may be different from mine. Yeah, totally. Okay, so it's what you want. I'm not here to tell anybody, you should be doing this. And you I wouldn't tell anybody what to do with their life. Yeah. It's none of my business what anybody does. But what I'm doing is, what my, my role is, is to guide the person. I'm not the hero in your story. You're the hero. Mm-hmm. You are writing your own story. I'm just there like Mr. Miyagi. I'm there doing the game. son's the hero. <laughs> so that's what my role would be, to guide you through a program mm-hmm. for six months. But then also what you do is, so within the, the price of the program, you get your own license. So you have the legal access to the content. So the content's all online, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you get the legal access to that. And then I coach you for six months through it. And then when our coaching sessions finish, you get to keep the the license for life. Wow! So you don't. It's not like you have to like keep up with a you know subscription and pay yeah. every month. No, it's a one off payment, and you keep that for life. Mm-hmm. And you go through the program again and again and again, and you can then teach your children. Mm-hmm. You can teach. And I can take my degree. If I had to pay a full price for my degree, it was eighteen grand. For a bloody degree. <laughs> with degrees hanging out of their friggin' arses. But, um, and again, a degree doesn't really, doesn't no. really change your life. No. Yeah. No. As you say, it's, um, like, well, you you kind of hinted, you didn't say these exact words, but I know what you were trying to get at, and I agree. It's, it's kind of less about the, sort of, you know, the, it's more about the practical. It's more about yes. actually the experience yes. and less about the literacy and the writing and the learning. And yes. it's more about yeah. actually doing it and having life experience. It is. It is. But you know, we, and it, like, what I, I like I said to you earlier on, there I noticed a massive gap here. Mm. There's not much programs out there that is guiding you through changing the party. Yeah. Most, like you think most companies, you know, spend all this money, you know, investing into their companies about helping their employees know more but remember mm. that's in the conscious part of the mind mm. they're not helping their employees do more because see in this day and age carla people aren't interested in what you know mm. people are only interested in what you can do mm-hmm. okay so this program brings in the right knowledge okay because you knowledge is the precursor okay so for example joe dispenza in his latest interview there with ed Milet, i think you call him mm-hmm. he said okay someone getting into an ice bath with mm-hmm. no knowledge of the ice bath We'll get in and it'll do them damage. It will do them damage, okay? Mm. When you learn about the benefits of an ice bath, the person will get in and it'll be great for them. Yeah. So you see how we need the knowledge because then that then puts intention behind what we're doing. Yeah. Okay? When you have the right knowledge, um, which you get in the program, then you're called to action. You put it into action and you start getting your body involved because your body doesn't know the difference between the past and the present doesn't mm-hmm. know it doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality mm-hmm. so when we spark up a thought of something that would say something traumatic happened in our lives um the more emotionally charged the experience was the easier we can recall it mm-hmm. but your brain and your body thinks just by that thought alone that it's happening right in this present even if it happened 20 years ago yeah. So the body's still in the past. So that's why the action is so important when we get into the action of putting all this knowledge into action. Uh, for example, you want to start your own business. Okay. You will be called to action then. Okay. Here's action set. What can we do then? What can you be doing to start putting in motion and start mm-hmm. stepping into the new you? Because we have to change the self-image. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. We're upgrading the self-image. So if you think is thinking and results... It's, it's an upgrade for you. Yeah. It's upgrading the system. And with your, with the program and with the work, um, do you do, uh, do you kind of do like any inner child work? Do you bring people sort of back to their childhoods and, and that sort of thing or what way? Well, some of the, so for example, the first, the first module is all about 
a worthy ideal, okay, which is a goal. Mm-hmm. People without a goal, I don't know what I don't know what they're doing. I live most of my life without a goal, mm-hmm. and I was lost. People who have a goal, people who are working towards something, are alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now some people go, well, I don't know what I want, or I don't really want anything. Everybody wants something, Carla. Yeah. So if somebody says I don't want anything, I would say, okay, well, do you not want to live the rest of your life healthy and energetic? Mm. Something as simple as that it doesn't have to be a million pound. No. But everybody wants something. Do you want safety? Do you want your children to have an amazing life? Do you want to be traveling here, there, and everywhere? Everybody wants something. So we start the program by getting clear on what it is you want. Mm-hmm. The universe is your partner. Now I was saying to Karen, I said this yesterday. I thought I love reading quotes by people, and I'm thinking I'd love to come up with my own quote. No, I, I always this think is that. my only quote. Yeah, and my we quote is you're in partnership with the universe mm-hmm. all your life. This is your partner, and it's you need to know what role you both play, mm-hmm. and you need to know when you step in and when you step away. And when the other, when the universe steps in, and the universe steps away, and it's just a dance. Mm. It's a dance when, at one point in the dance, I will lead, and then other parts, the universe will lead. That's lovely, actually, so like a push and pull kind of. Yeah, and yeah. you need to understand this program is based on the laws of the universe. Okay, mm-hmm. the laws of the universe always work for everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, the laws, for example, the sun always comes up in the morning; it always goes down at night. Winter always follows autumn. You know, we see the laws everywhere. It's like a little baby squirrel born in spring has never experienced the winter, but knows coming the winter to go and get its nuts and hide it. Hard as mm-hmm. that? No. That's the cybernetic <laughs> mechanism mm-hmm. in the squirrel. That is the laws of nature. Yeah. So we will be working in harmony with the laws of the universe. And what did you ask me there? About inner child work. Yes, sorry. So in the first... I love um, how we just go off on... I know. <laughs> like Billy Connolly. <laughs> <laughs> so in the first uh, module, it's all about your goal. But what it does then, it, some of the questions... So you have a workbook as well. Mm-hmm. And the workbook will ask you questions. And you need to be answering the questions in great detail if you can, okay? Because writing causes you to think. You can't think without writing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... You can't write without thinking, sorry. So that's the whole purpose of actually getting your pen out and writing down the answers to the questions for each module. So one of the questions will be asking you, where do your beliefs come from? Mm -hmm. And do you have sound reason to have these beliefs? And most people, no, we don't Mm. because they come from parents. Yeah, that's it. You you always kind of discover that they're not actually your beliefs. They're your daddies or your mummies, you know. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And, you know, you think of some of the beliefs we grew up with. Money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. You know, and we probably don't realise how much that is actually playing a part in our lives. We're not attracting money into our lives. And money's not evil. It's mm-hmm. the deeds. It's some people's deeds that, that they do to get money or what they do with their money. It's the it's the action that is uh, that can be evil with some people. But at the end of the day, and I always say this, who can you help if you're landing Castle Street? No one. Yeah. No one. And the more money you have, you can land in Castle Street for people who don't live in Belfast. Oh, sorry. Means <laughs> <laughs> if you're like, you know, homeless or whatever. Homeless, yes. And yeah. um, living on the street. Yeah. You can't help anybody. You mm-hmm. can't help anybody. So mm-hmm. there's absolutely nothing wrong. And it's, it's our birthright. It is our birthright to be abundant in mm-hmm. all areas of our lives. But again, no one just ever told us that. Mm-hmm. So this is a whole, this program's a whole, you know, relearning and unlearning you're unlearning the old self yeah and then you're going to relearn the new self of what you want the new self to be so what did you ask me again do you know what no well just about inner child work and see when you say that as well um the that's a real key it's not about always learning something new it's about unlearning unlearning because unlearning yeah it's keeping that's our habitual behavior mm-hmm. that keeps us stuck stuck in the old self yeah you know if you want something new in your life we need to change okay mm-hmm. we are here to grow and growth means change right and to be stuck in life this is when, when people are stuck this is where you know illnesses comes in and stress and mm-hmm. because we're refusing to grow because growth can be scary because we again we have change we've never been taught what it means to change, how to embrace change, how to step into change. And that is also included in the program. Mm-hmm. 
excuse me, the terror barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, breaking through the terror barrier. I will explain that in a wee minute if you want me to. And mm-hmm. I can also put up a visual for people who are listening. Yeah. Um, but the inner child work, um, I don't go into that. That doesn't doesn't really go into that. But where Joe Dispenza is concerned, okay, he, so when we're trying to go to, we're trying to create a new self, okay, mm-hmm. it's about letting the past go. Now, I know that will be easier for some than others, okay? Mm -hmm. Because we're all coming from different backgrounds, different experiences. Some people are coming from very traumatic backgrounds and Mm -hmm. childhoods and and adverse um, events. So what Joe Dispenza says is that it's okay if you remember the past. It's okay. Some people will never forget something that happened to them, okay? What we need to do is we need to cut the emotional connection that we have to the past, Mm. Okay. We need to cut the emotion. Because remember when I said the brain and the body doesn't know the difference mm-hmm. between now and the past. But the emotion that you feel, the body thinks it's still in. So say, for example, if something happened in childhood, your body may think, I'm still that child. Yeah. Because I am I can still feel them feelings. Mm-hmm. We need to cut the emotional tie. It is not going to do you any good. And it certainly will not help you move into the new you. It's all it's going to do is keep you tied to the past. Mm -hmm. And we know we can't go back to the past. We can't change the past. It's gone. Yeah. It is done. So you have have a choice to say, okay, I'm going to work at cutting the tie. You know, and yet, again, with guidance, you can do that. Yeah. Um, but that's what we need to dull down the what we need to neutralize the mm-hmm. feeling of the past. And what's the tar effect or the tar? The tar barrier. Tar barrier. So that is when you step into the river of change. So you want to make a change in your life. Okay. Mm-hmm. It will require you to change your thoughts and change your feelings and mm-hmm. change your actions. Okay. Because every day I think it's between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day, we think. Most of them are the same thoughts as yesterday. Mm-hmm. Most of them, like 90% of those thoughts are negative. Yeah. So we go through life like we're bats. And we're just going the same thing, the same thing, mm. over and over and over again. So you could literally take today and you could place it somewhere in your future. Yeah. You could literally take this day, what has happened, and place it 20 years down the line. And you're just going to get more of the same. So yeah. it is a process. And it starts with, you change the thought patterns, then you change the feeling. So the thought and the feeling have to match. It's like a marriage, okay? So if you think, okay, I want peace, but then you're driving out on the road and you're flipping off people and giving them the middle <laughs> finger and That's me. <laughs> you're not practicing peace. <laughs> okay, so the thought and the feeling have to be absolutely in harmony, okay? Yeah. And then you practice peace. Okay, Mm -hmm. and that's the same as if you want money. Okay, you need to think and feel like, say, for example, you're a millionaire, and then you go out and you practice being a what would a millionaire dress like? Mm -hmm. What way would a millionaire walk? This is all about creating the self image. This work is amazing, and it's just it's just the best fun. You're like, you'll have the best fun, you you just play with it and just go, Okay, who do I who am I going to create myself to be today? Because I get up every day and I'm going to create my day, I'm going to create my life. Because mm-hmm. we're creators, that's what we are. Yeah. We create. So, um And we're so where can people find you then? So if if more people if people listening wanna talk to you, hear more about your work, um where how can they get in touch with you? Well, they can get me on Instagram. Um, they can. Send I'll me. put your Instagram bio uh, link in the yes. bio notes. Yes. Yep. Um, and yep. um, I have a Facebook uh, account. I have a private group that I I invite people uh-huh. in privately, just where they get most of my content. What's the... your Instagram's handles? Remind. Remind. Is twenty twenty one. Twenty one. Is oh, it? What am I like? Um, I think so. <laughs> I'll put it in the notes anyway. <laughs> but yes, I'm actually going to be getting a website up and running soon here. Brilliant. In, um, in June at mm-hmm. some point, so people can get me there. But what you can do is you can reach out and ask. I mean, we can have a phone call. Yeah. Um, I love just to meet people face to face and find out what is it exactly you want. Mm-hmm. I can find out. Like from there, I can find out where their paradigm is set to. And then tell them about the program mm-hmm. and see if they want to come on. You know, and I, you can do the the work online as well for people who might be listening. So there's actually a lot of listeners from Australia yes. that listen to the yeah podcast. the program's all online anyway. All yeah. the materials online, and okay. then um, when they get their lesson, so I do a lesson with for each module, so mm-hmm. 12, 12 modules, 
and that would be through Zoom anyway. Okay. You know? So for people who obviously don't live here, yeah. I love teaching face-to-face, but in this day and age, I think everything's nearly bloody going online. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what, uh, what were we saying before that about um, creating your day and the inner chat work. So it's just mm. really, we need to just cut the emotional tie mm-hmm. to whatever's happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Because it really is not going to serve you okay. to stay there. Yeah. And okay, well, I think that I think that's great. I think that's yeah. loads. And it gives loads people an insight into you, what you do, um, information about the self-image, the subconscious mind and, and yeah. all that. Um, and people know where to find you. Yes. Um, we'll finish up and I will ask you maybe... Just a random question, just for fun. Okay. What's, just in, um, just quickly, what's the biggest piece of advice that you could give anybody listening who might want to take a step but just are feeling a bit stuck? Um, reach out. I would mm. just say reach out to me because, like I said, it's, we need the, the right knowledge and then we need the support and mm-hmm. then we need the guidance mm-hmm. of being able to make a change and go through see going through the tower barrier again you need to be educated on what the tower barrier is and mm-hmm. i um i could actually maybe do a wee webinar on the tower barrier mm-hmm. uh to explain because i'm actually going through it at the minute um leaving my, my job okay so um it, it's just all it's education you okay. need the right knowledge first of all and then the guidance of here we go this is the steps that you will take to get you there that's okay. all i would say it's just reach out because we're on your own if you don't know this yeah it just won't be able i don't think it would be possible okay well thank you so much for coming on loved it thanks for your wealth of knowledge (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you thanks